0: Hello, all you Fran-not-fines. My name is Sienna and welcome to Somewhat Panicking, a podcast that explores the pressure of having to achieve various goals before a certain age or time frame. Today, I'm somewhat panicking about marriage. Well, truthfully, more the fact I don't see myself ever getting married, and the cricket sounds and tumbleweed that rolls on by when I say this in front of a group of all married or engaged people. Although it's not a goal for me in my life since I tend to freak out thinking about being with the same person forever, I still succumb to the wedding fantasies and thinking about creating an everlasting union bound by love and law if I were to meet quote-unquote the one which I also don't really believe in. So I want to talk about when people get married, the pressure to get married, and what marriage can be like. Marriage dates as far back as 2350 BC, and can be linked to accessing certain rights, finally having sex, and celebrating love. Traditionally, in the Western world, marriage is monogamous and considered to be a wonderful union between two people who are committed to each other forever. While there has been less marriages over the years and more de facto relationships, The pressure for some people to get married is still apparent. When I really think about it, that pressure has always been brewing in the background. It's the fairy tales of Cinderella meeting her prince, and then the real-life stories of regular women like Megan Markles and Mary Donaldson going on to marry the Prince of England and Denmark respectively. It shows, like Friends, where Monica fights other women to get her perfect wedding dress. It's the parental teasing of younger children saying their daughter will marry their neighbour's four-year-old son in the future. It's imagining your name with the surname of someone else, and it's driving past a window showing wedding dresses and imagining what you would look like in one. This teaches us that not only is marriage a goal to strive towards, it should also be achieved in a certain way, which is meet amazing partner you know you'll be with for the rest of your life, receive or pay for an engagement ring that roughly costs three months' salary, white wedding dress, big marriage ceremony, and luxurious honeymoon. There also seems to be more pressure on women to be married that can be attributed to the ticking of their biological clock, which leads to being married by a certain age, otherwise they're a desperate, old and lonely spinster, and that age, where a threshold is suddenly crossed for some reason, seems to be 30. That pressure can be from other people due to stereotypical gender roles, culture and or religion. Women's Health magazine wrote an article in 2016 that interviewed women regarding the pressure to be married by 30. One of the interviews from a woman aged 32 reads, In my 20s, people always ask me when I was going on my next first date, or when I was going to try online dating. Now that I'm in my 30s, people ask me whether I've met someone I could settle down with. They make it seem like my time to find the one will expire as I age. Bethany, 34 years old, said, I've been with my boyfriend for six months. People never ask me what kind of fun dates we've been on or what I like most about him. They only want to ask me if and when we're getting married. Megan, 30 stated, I've always told myself that if I'm not married by 35, I'll probably never be married. This ruined my 20s because I took dating way too seriously. I just turned 30 and the pressure is picking up speed. On the flip side, men may feel pressure to settle down and propose by a certain age. An article on businessinsider.com written in 2018 interviewed men regarding the pressure to get married, where Steve, age 31, stated, I've received pressure to settle from both social and familial circles. From social circles, it has been more implicit and a result of my peers and friends partnering up and the change in lifestyle that comes with that. That is, less going out, fewer singles activities and more partner activities, like double dates and small dinner parties. From family. That pressure is more explicit, but communicated through playful jokes. Vlad, age 30, interestingly noted, The biological clock thing isn't a factor for men, but I think there is a perception that a married man equals a mature man and one that is taken more seriously in a professional setting. It's almost like an item in your career-advancing checklist. I think I feel the pressure more thanks to social media and the constant posts showing people coupling off, getting married and having kids. And of course, I also receive pressure from my mum, which I think is more of a cultural thing. She wants me to find a quote-unquote nice girl. And Scott34 said, I feel pressure to settle down all the time, but not from any single person or thing. It's more that I've been conditioned by my upbringing and social media to think and feel that partnering up, getting married and having a family is the appropriate thing for someone my age to do. And it's not like I don't want those things, because I really do. But I also need to remember that there's nothing wrong with me for not having them either. Although I don't see marriage as a necessity and would hate to waste so much money on a wedding having to invite people I don't really like or speak to because that always happens, a lot of people truly value marriage. It can be a huge goal, especially when some people have been restricted from marrying someone they love. Same-sex marriages were only legalised in Australia in December 2017, In this case, marriage is not only a lifelong dream, but a celebration of receiving rights that had been limited for far too long. According to the Australian Bureau of Statistics 2018 data, almost one-third of females got married between the ages of 25 to 29, and over one-quarter of males got married at the same age, with another quarter married between the ages of 30 and 34. This seems to go with the standard life goal trends of meeting someone in your 20s, marrying them by around 30, and then having kids in your early 30s. I don't think marriage can be mentioned without talking about divorce, simply because marriage is a legally binding process and divorce is the counteraction of a legally unbinding process. The Australian Bureau of Statistics states the highest divorce rates for Australian males is between the ages of 45 to 49, while for females it's between 40 to 44. The median duration of Australian marriage is 12 years, which leads to one in five marriages involving a partner who has been married before. With people waiting longer to get married, and de facto relationships on the rise, what does marriage even mean? Does it change anything between you and your partner, and why do people put pressure on others to be married by a certain stage in their life? Is it important to get married by a certain age, especially if it will lead to being married again in the future, and is it all part of finding the right person and celebrating love in the end? I want to introduce Claire, who went about a few things in a non-traditional way when marriage was not something she had considered for herself or her future. Note that she refers to her husband as beloved throughout the interview. Thank you, Claire, for joining me today to talk a little bit about your marriage experience. So can we start off with how old are you? I'm 38. And when did you get married? How old were you? Yeah, I got married at 27. And was marriage a goal for
1: you growing up? Oh no, the complete opposite. I was never going to get married. Both my, my parents aren't married. Um, they both are strongly against marriage. I was brought up in a very, um, kind of alternative, shall we say, um, a household where, um, marriage was considered to be a very old fashioned patriarchal institute, which didn't in any way enhance the female life. In fact, it was kind of akin to slavery. It was great from a male perspective. You got a second kind of mother that would look after you, but from a female perspective, it was just drudgery and it removed your choice of bank accounts and owning property and all that stuff, which a lot of it is really old fashioned, but that was kind of where my mum came from. And so that kind of transferred to me. So I never was going to get married. I wasn't going to do any of that kind of style of life.
0: Right. So your mum and dad, did they both equally have this opinion or did your mum kind of say to your dad, I don't really think marriage is right for me. I don't want to get married. And how did they kind of go about that? It wasn't like there was really
1: discussed my parents not being married. It was just, they weren't. And it was kind of end of conversation. Like, like none of these things were explicitly told to me. It's not like my mum sat me down and said, Claire, you'll never get married. But culture is passed on suddenly so it was just very much a like a, a constant background thing of if people were like oh you know my other half you know never picks up his socks or something my mum would always be like see that's marriage in a nutshell you know she has to look after him but if you're not married then you could just pick up and go away like it was like lots of little subtle things um yeah I'm not quite sure how my parents ever got
0: around to the marriage or not marriage. Okay that's interesting because your mother I guess from that kind of time frame like how old's your mum? So she's 67. Right so she's quite similar in age to my mum who and my mum got married at 18 years old so it was very much like you're gonna get married to someone in her culture. They looked at me, my dad told me I had to marry someone from my own culture. It was very that very specific goal on me mm. was always there. So where, how do you think your mum kind of came to have that decision or were her parents married? How did she kind of come to think all of that?
1: Yeah, well, my grandmother, so my maternal grandmother um, was, she wasn't really, I like to say she's a black widow, but she wasn't she was just really unfortunate that she had three husbands um, and two of them had died. So one of them died in the First World War, One of them died in a farming accident, and the third man, who is my grandfather, who is like my direct grandfather, um, died of a heart attack when my mum was relatively young, like in her late teens. So I think maybe my mum saw like the heartache that her mum went through, having like three marriages, all that ended not because of a marriage breakup, but because, you know, her husband died. Um, and so I'm wondering if that kind of made my mum just be like "No, nah, I'm not dealing with it. And then she also lived through like you know the um, second wave of feminism too. and I think made her think of like different ways. and also she, she grew up on a farm, and so farms are ultimately patriarchal. like men go out and work in the fields, women get up and do all the other work, and a lot of the housework isn't seen as work at all. but meanwhile, mum's got up earlier than dad to cook him breakfast to cook dinner to cook lunch to do the books so he may have been out in the field for eight hours but she's been working for 16 and that work traditionally on a farm was not seen as work it was just seen as magical stuff that got done
0: so when you met your current husband how did it come to the point that you thought yeah we're we're going to get married we were laying in
1: bed and so we're just talking about our days. Um, And I said that one of my colleagues at the time had changed his really like long-term girlfriend's status to engaged as like a prank. And of course, when the world blew up of everyone like SMSing him, congratulations, he then doubled down on this prank by saying, oh, that him and his like long-term girlfriend were actually on a break. They were like having some difficulties in their relationships. And it made everybody be really confused and crazy. And he thought it was a hilarious prank. And I thought it was a hilarious prank. And I told my beloved this prank. And he thought it was not funny at all. He was very upset with the idea of toying with this institution. And I was like, why do you not see this as funny? This sounds like a hilarious thing to do. Like, you know, marriage is so over the top and I, at the time I considered myself so young and this colleague was the same age as me and I was like yeah like we're in the mid-20s why would we get married this is hilarious and he was quite upset and so we talked about it more and it turned out that he really wanted to get married like he thought we were at that relationship because we were very committed in this, in this relationship and he wanted it to become formalized it's something that he wanted security in and it freaked me the hell out and I ran away from this and I spent the next 18 months trying to find out any other way of getting the kind of legal security that marriage gives you without actually getting married which you can't It just doesn't exist which is why when there was the whole gay marriage plebiscite craziness. And people were arguing that, oh, that gay people didn't have to get married. It was just full of shit. Because I knew from personal experience of looking into legally um, trying to get the privileges of marriage without marriage is basically null and void. That even if you sign um, up living wills, they can be overturned by family members. If you sign contracts that for property, if you die, it can be overturned in probate that marriage is such a well-established institution in the Western world. Yeah. So for me, it became down to a very nuts and bolts practical decision versus any kind of love or any kind of thinking that this would make my relationship better with my beloved or anything like that. It was just the fact that, you know, if you, you know, this situation like you're in an accident and your loved one rushes to, the hospital and they say i 'm this person's husband they're immediately granted a certain amount of rights and responsibilities just based on that one statement, but yes, it was very nuts and bolts. It was discussed
0: for about eighteen months before we got married. When you finally decided to get married, what was the reaction from your parents who weren't married, and especially your mother, who was against marriage?
1: I told all my work colleagues before I'd actually told my parents because I was a little bit apprehensive about it that weekend my mum came over just popped over for you know parent reasons and as she was leaving I kind of told her that we were getting married and I remember she turned around like she was walking to her car and I was walking after her and she flicked her head around and just gave me this bewildered look like I just told her that I was going to shave off all my hair and fly to the middle of Australia and start up like an eel farm or something it was just something that was so unbelievably just daft like it disbelief and I don't think my mum spoke to me for about three days then for the next two maybe three years most of the time it was prefaced of well when you and Ross get divorced oh my <laughs> god <laughs> 'Cause she was she was adamant that we had destroyed this relationship, that we had this really fair and equitable relationship and the minute that it the marriage had occurred and the marriage had occurred or would occur that that, that the power balance would change in the relationship. Um on the other half, Beloved's family was overjoyed. Um his folks were actually travelling around the world at the time. We were actually at Niagara Falls, which was hilarious when we told them over Skype. And they were overjoyed and actually came back to Oz prematurely to come and congratulate us. So,
0: Wow, I I would not cut a trip short just to say congratulations to someone.
1: No, (laughs) neither would I um, at all. Um, So, yes, we had two very extreme versions of it.
0: My mum didn't actually
1: attend my actual wedding wedding, so we got married in our backyard. A little bit of tension with the in-laws over my mum not being at the ceremony, but, you know, I was just very open with them and just said, it's how they feel. It's nothing to do with beloved. It's just the way that she feels and that that's just the way it is. And I didn't really give much room for there to be much discussion about it.
0: Wow. Okay. Your mom, your mom has really strong beliefs. Oh yeah. Um, And, and how, how did you feel about her not attending the ceremony? Did it matter to you? Did it mean a lot to you for her to be there and then she wasn't?
1: No, funnily enough, it, didn't, like, because I was never the kind of, oh, I'm going to wear this dress and my mum's going to do this. I didn't really have any preconceptions.
0: And I wanted to ask, so you never felt the pressure from your parents to be married, but did you feel peer pressure?
1: When I confided, but when I was like, because it was a long time of, like, being married, uh, like, you know, not wanting to be married, but beloved really wanted to be married, and there was a lot of discussion. I was quite conflicted. Everybody I talked to was like, was like, why wouldn't you marry him? Like he's great. You love him. Like why is this? Like why is this a problem? Like it was like, like everyone wanted to know what the issue with him was because that was the only conceivable reason why I wouldn't want to get married is not I wouldn't want to get married, but I wouldn't want to get married to him. Yeah, apart from my best friend who really understood me and where I was coming from, like every other person I talked to, even people who I thought really understood me, just couldn't, they couldn't understand why I would want to marry him. And when I was trying to say it, it's not him, it's the whole premise, it was just does not compute. The computer says no, like I don't understand what you're saying. Like what more could you want? Like it was almost like I was being selfish expecting that I was going to get quote unquote a better deal. So I should just get married because, as you said, it's
0: an expectation that we're all aiming for. So you've told me before that you wore a Hawaiian shirt for your wedding. Yes, I did. Um, did indeed. Instead of a traditional dress. Was that decision kind of influenced because your parents were kind of opposed to marriage or was that something that was all about you?
1: Um, That was my desperate attempt originally to not get married Funny okay. when we were talking about it um, and beloved's like we should get married and blah, blah, blah. We were talking about it, And I said, well, if we ever got married, I would get married in a Hawaiian shirt, hoping that that would annoy him enough that he'd stop talking about it. And then I could just ignore it and just pretend we'd never had this conversation because I was not really, I, it was just so out of left field. Like I just, it did something I hadn't really, considered and a little bit of toxic masculinity in me had said that men don't want to get married, so therefore I will never have to face this problem. And so then, when beloved did want to get married, I was completely unprepared and so therefore, I was like, "I want to get married bare feet with a Hawaiian shirt and pigtails um, and then, when that happened, I decided that i like yeah i 'm going to keep to that like i i 'm not going down on my way i 'm going to double down, so I in fact got married bare feet Hawaiian shirt in pigtails
0: although I don't really believe in marriage, I love weddings. Like it's a great party. It's free food. It's free alcohol. It's a celebration. Like it is fun. And I'll find myself crying when the vows are being said, like there is just, there's something about it that is nice. Even though I think you start to think practically and you think, yeah, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Um, (laughs) so I I see where your mum's coming from, but, um, I do love a good wedding. Oh yeah, for sure. Like weddings are
1: amazing. Um, On unrelated notes, I love the fact that 50% of marriages end in divorce because back in the bad old days, um, 50% of marriages were fucking hell for both people and they were trapped. So I say more divorces. If you're not happy, you should go. Um, This idea of sticking in a marriage that you're both unhappy with is just the worst um it's not good for you for your partner for your kids for your loved ones for everyone and yeah and there's probably someone so much better suited for you out there in the world which you are also denying yourself that happiness with so um yeah I dislike when the divorce rate is used as somehow like a failure like I don't think that a marriage can fail TM because it's a human relationship. Like you don't say a friendship fails. If you leave a job, you don't say you failed at that job. Yet we talk about marriage failures. Like somehow it's a competition that you have to stay in it. So um, yeah, be no one's second choice is my idea. Like if you're not someone's first choice, fucking run, Mm -hmm. be by yourself. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. There probably are a lot of marriages that aren't very good and where people should leave. But at the same time, they wouldn't have had a mother like yours that's so opposed to marriage. They probably didn't grow up in an alternative setting. Speaking from, from my own experience with my family, marriage is such a high goal and divorce is considered a huge failure. Like, like, it did not matter if your marriage is terrible. If you got divorced, that is 100% worse, which is a, a completely fucked up way of thinking. And when someone did get divorced in my parents' culture and and how I grew up, I mean, the whispers and it almost being the woman's fault as well, in a way, was really apparent. So, yeah, there probably are a lot of bad relationships, but I can see why people stay sometimes when there is that pressure and that is that kind of feeling Of failure and you're right though it shouldn't be a feeling of failure although it is which is a shame for sure for sure um and the other i think elephant in the world
1: wardrobe that people elephant in the room wardrobes even better um that i don't think people talk about when it comes to marriage is your buying power beloved and i are both dinks and we have such a better lifestyle than if we were single not that that's you know why I stay with him I think he's absolutely amazing and lovely and you know PDAs we can all throw up in the corner about how love how much we're in love but if you want to boil marriage down to like a nuts and bolts aspect then like the buying power is amazing we tried to remortgage the house before we got married, like we were engaged, we'd set a date, we'd done that whole thing. We wanted to do some work around the house. And the first thing the mortgage broker said to us is basically, if you wait two months, this will be so much easier. Because once you're married, there are social expectations or you tick social boxes. Oh, you're married. Suddenly you've got a double income. We were living together. nothing was going to change but the banks view you as two separate entities but when you get married you become one entity like divorce doesn't happen like people don't have bad habits when they're married or they don't make poor financial decisions when they're married i'm not quite sure but like your buying power is seen as more and you it's just so much easier to do things like refinance a house when I moved states for work and then we decided to buy a second property, we were just like, oh, look, we're young, we're married, we've got a house in another state. And the banks are like, ka dollar, dollar bills, your dollar, dollars, like how much money do you want? Like, it was just ridiculous. And I don't think we would have got the same amount of, like, just tick the boxes and go through if we had been, quote unquote, a de facto couple. And I think that that's a trap too that people get into is that they're maybe not in a great relationship, but they financially don't want to lose the buying power that you have as a couple, because, you know, you got half a mortgage or half rent or, you know, half the electricity costs and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think that marriage is, has got a nuts and bolts element to it that we don't discuss enough
0: Yeah, I think we've touched on the kind of downsides to marriage, especially when you're in a bad relationship. But you have a very good marriage. I mean, you've got a really great partner. I like him. But being in a good marriage, do you think marriage has changed your relationship at all? Do you think it's even made it better?
1: To honest to God, I don't think it's changed us because we had committed to each other well before we got married and it wasn't something that I kind of realized years after we got married. Is that if you look at all the the quote unquote the marriages that last and you know you see the little old ducks and they're wandering around together and you go, oh and the newspapers go and into like go and interview them, they're like, We've been married since dirt was yellow or God knows what, since our social security number is one and people go, Oh, how do you make it last? And I'll say something really trite, like, oh, you know, every day we drink tea together, which is lovely for them, but like fundamentally those two people have committed to each other and it's a mental state and it's not a conscious decision you just look at someone go yeah you're pretty awesome and you just commit to that person and i think that they're the people that stay together and it wouldn't matter what you did with those people they would maintain that union. like whether or not you said it's marriage or you said you know do this ceremony or don't do this and like, it doesn't matter. Like, they don't need that external validation. They've, they they have suit each other's needs, whatever those needs are. And they've internally committed to themselves. And that's why they stay together. Not to say that, you know, once you make that decision that you don't have to work on a relationship and things aren't hard and you don't have to, like, actively try to make sure your relationship is good because you do have to work in a relationship. But, yes, I think that commitment is... A really important thing, and I don't think that's something that you can force. Like you can't think a ring is going to act as that commitment, or a giant party is going to act as that commitment. Like it's a mental switch that occurs, and I think it occurs so subtly and so subconsciously that you don't know it's happened until you realise it has. Yeah, I don't think marriage changed us, but I know for a lot of people it does.
0: Why do you think it does change people's
1: relationships? I, th- I think that a lot of people don't think like, I don't, don't think it's real to them until they get married. And so when they're living with someone, they'll either let things slide or they won't think about the long-term implications of something. Like they're like, we both go out and work and I come home and pay all the bills and you go buy bass guitars um, and that's fine. And then they get married and all of a sudden they're like, hang on a minute, you can't go and spend all your paycheck paying base guitars, you've got to pay half the bills. And then people are like, what do you mean? Like our relationship's always been this one. And they're like, no, hang on a minute, we're married now, things are different. Like I think sometimes people expect more equality in some weird ways in marriage and vice versa. Like the, you know, I'll do half half the washing up because we're living together, but now you're my wife, it's
0: your job to do this. Um, now that you've been married for 10 years, do you feel any pressure to kind of maintain a really good marriage and to be, I'm so happy in my marriage or kind of have a narrative about you're a happy wife and he's a happy husband and life is wonderful?
1: No, but funny thing about marriage is, it's more external. So internal, like, I love Beloved. Beloved loves me. Um, I have a, a rule for both myself and, um, you know, and I also say to him, I'm like, if you think there is someone better, you should go be with them because I am no one's second choice. Like, I I refuse to be your second choice because you pity me. Like, I don't – I love you, you're great, but I don't need you. Like, if you see someone you think that's much better, like, do me a favour and fuck off and stop wasting my time. And I would never – deal with being someone's like him being my second choice like if I found someone that I thought no this person is so much better for whatever reason like I'd be like yeah like so long hasn't happened not really looking for it yeah it's gonna happen but it's like that kind of spot and we do have really good communication ways and we do stop and when we're you know pissing each other off we do chat about why we've had a spout or why things are upsetting with us covid and the whole pandemic nastiness has made us more we've had more arguments in the past six months and i think we have in about five years because of just the extra stress of it and we have both been like ah fucking covid stress because it is we're just shitty we just are stressed about life in general and then we just snap at each other and then like why are you angry i don't know why are you angry i don't know and i'm like are we just angry yes we're just angry so that's important But yeah, I find it funny that other people judge my marriage, even though they may not even know beloved or even me very well. Like when you first get married and you're like, nah, my other half's amazing. Everyone's like, oh, you're honeymooning. Like that will end. And then you be married for a couple of years. Everyone's like, oh, that's nice. And then you're expected to slag your other half off. And if you don't, you get weird looks or people who kind of, almost want to argue with you about it. Like, you know, Oh, people that say they never argue, just actually, they're just running rough shot over their other half or their other half is just like a dish rag. Like I've got quite a forceful personality. And so I think lots of people just assume that Beloved is some kind of dish rag or kind of henpecked cuck of a man who just sits in the corner and yes, he is. Yeah, people just assume that, when I like say he's the greatest thing and he's amazing and I think he's fan- fabulous, people will look surprised for a second, like they don't know how to react to that positive thing. Or they'll go, and how long have you been married? And I'll be like, oh, 10 years. And they'll be like, oh, 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 that's surprising. Like, I don't know, like you're not allowed to say you're happy in a relationship or it's weird. It's it, real weird.
0: It is weird. It's, it's one side, you should have a happy marriage. And if you don't, you failed. And then on the other side, it's all that, oh, you know, she's the ball and chain kind of Mm. joke or happy, happy wife, happy life kind of joke. Like the male is so kind of grounded down that they're just not Mm. who they were anymore. They're not fun. They're not happy. They don't go out with the boys, blah, 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 blah. There's kind of no in between of. You're, you're happy, yeah, you fight, that's normal, you have stresses, you communicate well and then you come back together and then it may all happen again, but you still really love each other. That It's never really that narrative. It's one extreme or the other.
1: And it's actually super easy to also divorce your, your husband from the person that he is to this fictitious character as well. Like, it's so easy To do it, and every now and then you know I really hate it. I find that I will do it. It's everyone's like, oh, you know, my husband's, you know, he's so terrible, or you know, oh, pain in the ass. He's just a, you know, just another baby. Blah 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 blah. And it's really easy to almost create this like fake husband or this fake persona. For somebody, i will be like, oh yeah, you know, my husband, bloody husbands, rah, rah, rah. and to be slagging that person off and to come home and realize that this creature that you've talked about in no way matches up to the actual human being that identifies with that moniker because culturally everyone, like, kind of expects you to do it. And I think that, like, all things, if you say it enough, it becomes true. As I think people, we get get caught into that culture of you know my husband's just a giant big baby or he's a giant kidult or man child and they keep saying it enough and then that completely and utterly removes any impetus from him to be an adult because you've said it so much that you've
0: internalized that when you come home you don't expect someone to help out and just as a final question do you believe that you'll be married for the rest of your life? Ooh, this is a tough
1: one. So I want to say no, but that's, (laughs) I think a little bit of an, no, no, no. That's not what I was expecting. No, but the funny thing is a little bit of it's a knee jerk reaction. So when you get, when you start getting to the nuts and bolts getting married, you meet a celebrant and you've got to talk about vows. And Beloved and I didn't want to, we wanted to make up our own vows, but you really can't because there's certain things that legally you have to say. One of the things that I had to say is man and woman, which we were like super opposed to, and way before there was even super plebiscites. We were really railing against the idea of marriage being between a man and woman. So we had an argument with ourselves over that. And the other thing that you have to say is that you take this person to basically forsake all others for the rest of your life. And that's something that I had massive issues with based on what we previously talked about, about the idea that you shouldn't be in a bad relationship. And so I was not going to make, a deal that I didn't or like make a vow that I didn't personally believe in because I don't believe that I'm going to be with him for the rest of my life. I believe I'm going to be with him while the relationship is good. And my my intention is to make that, that relationship be good for the rest of my life. But it's kind of a step back. Like once the relationship stops being good, I'm out, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to be like looking, you know, on the Tinder's, On the hump, what was it? Bumble, the other one that's out. Yeah. You know, you're looking for, you know, the Christian mingle because I'm single, you know, that kind of, you know, looking, you know, for like something else. But I'm also not going to be like, well, I've been with him for 60 years and now it's
0: shit. Better stay with him for another 20 because, you know, I need to get that high score. I love that, though. I love that you look at look at it not as i'm gonna be married forever but i'm gonna work hard to be in a good relationship for the rest of my life yeah
1: yeah exactly it's so it's a weird question because when you get asked are you going to be married for the rest of your life there's like like a question mark it's like i don't know and people are what do you mean you don't know and you're just like these are my reasons and most people when they ask you these questions they don't want the inner depths of your soul they want a nice popcorn yes no because the other thing too when you get married and then if you've been married for more than like a couple of years people start looking to you for relationship advice and then when you get to the decade you're just you know everything about marriage to deal with it which is just bizarre because marriage is such a personal thing my advice to anyone else is just ludicrous the best i could do is be general and the general advice isn't really helpful to individuals like things like Find someone that you don't want to stab in the, eye, in the eyeball when, you know, you wake up in the morning. Get someone that has similar interests <laughs> to you, someone you can communicate well with. I mean, these are really big general things. They don't help you in your relationship. It's like saying, just don't fuck it up. I don't know. It's a funny thing, but people just want a yes, no answer. Like, oh, yes, we're beautifully in love and we'll be in love for the rest of our lives. I
0: don't have to try at all. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And this but, is yeah. how. This is how to do that. Well there you have it, a story from a woman who felt pressure from her own friends to get married, while funnily enough also felt the pressure to not get married from her own mother. Seems like no one can escape the institution of marriage when it is so ingrained in society and goes on to determine what people can and cannot do in their life and the ease in which they can do it. Actress Kamen Diaz experienced the same pressure herself in the past and said, I thought I was going to be married and have two children by the time I was 21. I think I felt I had to model my life after my mother's. But then my career was starting to take off and there were still so many things I wanted to do. So that dream for me was shattered early on. After that, I never put another timeline on anything in my life.